Hello, everybody, and welcome to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. My name is Brad Shattuck, and I am your host. This podcast is about my personal experiences, stories, and events with dealing with borderline personality disorder, otherwise known as BPD. My experiences with BPD is due to my wife, now ex-wife, who I have been with for 34 years, was diagnosed with BPD in 2012. And I want to share my experiences with you so that if you are someone who has somebody in your life with BPD, that you may relate to what I'm saying along with my personal tips and suggestions that may or may not work in your specific situation. And if you are someone who has been diagnosed or think you may have BPD, that you may recognize the signs and understand the havoc and turmoil that it can have around people that are involved in your life. Let me caution you that I am in no way qualified or certified in the field of mental health and that my personal suggestions are merely my personal opinion and do not recommend that anybody take any mental health therapy into their own hands, but to personally seek out the help from a professional in the field of mental health. And furthermore, if you are a couple, you might even consider counseling to help further your relationship a little bit better. So with that being said, I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Again, thank you for listening. This episode is called Paranoia as a Subtype of BPD. Um, I didn't even realize this till about a month and a half ago. I always thought paranoia was um, one of the traits of borderline personality disorder. But after talking to my own counselor, she um, said, no, it's actually completely separate to an extent Um, but I'll get more into that into this episode so with that being said thank you again for listening let's get on with this episode so in one of my episodes I had done specifically on the four subtypes of BPD and a lot of people say you know um, paranoia in general but you know one of the things with BPD and you know maybe traits of the other subtypes um, you know involve being controlling and jealousy so you know, for for years, I thought it was just her jealousy um, in BPD that, you know, she would say, you know, I saw you with another woman or something like that. Um, And then I definitely thought it was, you know, BPD because she would give descriptions. Like, she had told my daughter one time um, that she specifically saw me get into a gold four-door Honda with a blonde lady and a blue shirt. And noticed the lady had a wedding band on because the lady's hands were on the steering wheel. And there's been many, 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 many hundreds of times she's given details. Um, you know, with sounds, colors, descriptions, smells. You know, I knew what the lady's perfume smelled like, blah, blah, blah. So, again, I just always assumed it was part of BPD. Um, you know, and she's always, you know, been a jealous woman. So, anyways, I thought it was all part of that. And I was telling my counselor about this, and she said, no, she definitely has paranoia along with it. And, 
her paranoia is bad. Um, I'm still looking to see if it, you know, is paranoia or maybe even paranoid schizophrenia. Um, so again, I without having any knowledge of the mental health field, I'm still kind of trying to wrap my head around that, and also wrap my head around the the fact that this is a lot worse than I expected or anticipated would ever be. It's it's gotten worse, and coincidentally, I started making this episode actually about five days ago, and. And since then, I have the perfect example because this just happened two nights ago. I had gone up her house. Um, well, t- today is um, Sunday. I uh, so Saturday, and I gone up her house Wednesday. And t- two days ago, we had an awesome day. As a matter of fact, we had gone out um, shopping and gone to a phone store, got a new plan, got new phones, and. And just the way she acted all day was completely different. And I mean, 30 years, like, completely different. She just presented herself completely different. Um, the way she interacted with people um, in the store, it, it was, I was like, wow, this completely seems like a different woman. And I had given her many, many compliments on how she was acting. Um, and not only that, her intelligence level was completely different. Like, you know, not saying she's not intelligent, but I mean, it, it was amazing. I, I can't even describe in words. All day long, I was giving her compliments. So that night, we had gone home, and I just told her, you know, as, as much as I could describe it in words, that how different she was acting towards me and everybody. And in my mind, I had thought, you know, maybe... Maybe she's like not snapped. I don't know. I said maybe she's snapped out of the worst part of BPD, or maybe completely. You know, is that possible? And I'm thinking to myself, you know, whether I look online and reading if it's possible or not, it doesn't matter. If if it did, it did. Now I really thought, is this my wife? Is this the woman that's been trapped and bound down to a disorder? You know, maybe she realized that I would never leave her, and I don't know. All these things are going through my head, and I said, you know what? I'm not going to worry about all that now. If it did, I'm going to take full advantage of it. So, it was probably a little after midnight. I just looked at her, and I said, you know what? I said, this would be the happiest day of my life if you were always like this. But I, but I told her, I said, you know what? But like I said before, you could be at your worst and I'd never leave you, but th- this would be the happiest day of my life. And I went on and on, oh God, for probably about a good 10 minutes, just telling her how much I love her and, you know, uh, everything. And all of a sudden she had her eyes closed for about 30 seconds and she looked at me and she said, can you please just stop? And I said, okay, well, I'm sorry, I just, you know, want, and she goes, no, no, just just stop, all right? I've heard enough. And she said it with an attitude. And I said, what's wrong? She's like, I just don't want to listen to it anymore. And at, at that point, I thought, wow, that's really rude. I'm saying tell how much I love her. But at the same time, I said to myself, well, when I was just explaining all about the other stuff, it was about her. This is almost like about me. So 
I'm like, wait a minute, okay, there's this disorder again, it's gonna be all about her. So, she was explaining, she went on to, um, like she usually does, she's in this thing now with, since her mother died, and she reads tarot cards, the spirits talk to her, and she started going on all about that stuff, and of course my feelings a bit hurt, and she looked and she said, what's wrong with you? I said, nothing, I just, sorry, I just, my feelings were kind of hurt when you, you know, cut me off. She's like, well, I'm just, just keep going on and on and on and on about how much you love me and this and that, and just tired of hearing it, okay, whatever. And I said, okay, well, that's what I mean, that's, my feelings were hurt. So, she immediately went back to talking about her stuff and the spirits and stuff, and now, just a couple of minutes into it, I told her, I said, I'm going to go make a coffee. I've got a pounding headache. I haven't had as much coffee as I have all day. And she's like, well, wait a minute. I want to show you this. She did that for almost 45 minutes. Every time I wanted to go out of the room, well, hold on. I want to show you this. So finally, 45 minutes later, she did it again. I said, no, no, no. I'm not being mean. I have to make a coffee, please. She's like, fine. Go make your coffee. So while I'm making my coffee, all of a sudden, I could hear her talking to herself. I put my head down and said, oh, God, here it is. Whenever she starts talking to herself, she's going into an episode. So anyways, I went in with my coffee, and she goes, I'm going to take a shower. I said, okay. So she's in the shower, and I, I said, I'm going to grab my clothes. Can I take a shower as soon as you're done? And she started making comments and saying, no, you're not taking one. And whenever I stay at her house... Whether it's a week or two, well, I say in an average a week. I'm lucky if I can get one shower taken. Because any other time, that triggers her. Why do you need to take a shower? Are you going somewhere? No, I'm not going anywhere. No matter how much I say, it automatically means I'm leaving. No, I've never left. I've taken a shower. So then she goes, what are you going to try to start a fight with me? So I make you leave now that you're showered? I'm like, no, what? She had no excuses. And then she said, no, no matter what, no, you're not taking a shower in my house. Well, anyways, she gets in her shower, or in the room, and she started saying, you are a sick bastard. I said, oh God, now what did I do? My son had a girlfriend last year. My, my, my wife never likes any of the kids' girlfriends. None of them. Now, my daughter's boyfriends, she has no problem with. Ever has a problem with the boyfriends. But with women, I don't care if it's my mother my aunt, my sister, no woman does she like. She even used to get upset when I would talk with her mother. Any woman is a threat to her. Even if it's just me talking to the person, say, hey, how you doing? It's a nice day out today. That's five seconds of attention to another woman. That's not to her. No exaggeration. Well, I didn't know what her problem was at first. And she just kept making the remarks, you're sick. She's so gross. Blech. And Oh, my God. I said, do you want to give me you know, a hint on who's gross? Of course, she kept saying, you know who it is, you know who it is. And I said, well, I actually just forgot. You want to remind me? Long story short, she swore that my son's ex-girlfriend was there, who he hasn't seen in almost a year. I said, what would make you think that? Because she's gross, you're gross. No matter what I explained to her, anything out of reality, like, I said, okay, before I said this, you think I have somebody here. We're out in the middle of nowhere. They obviously had to have a car to get here. We got 
the backseat of their car. I've got a car. We got the backseat of my car. Even if they don't have a place, I have a place. It doesn't matter. I said, why would anybody want to come to your house and do it in your basement or your yard or your garage when there's other places? Because that's how sick people are. Oh, okay. Well, no matter how sick you think I am, that's not me. You know, again, not that it would happen, but I'm keep telling her, I've got a car. Nope. You can't discuss any reality with them, or I should say with her. None at all. No reality. No reality whatsoever. She went to the extent of taking, I get it. Now, a year ago, when my son was dating this girl, they all had got arrested and this some a bag of this girl's clothes was with my son's stuff, so it was stored in the basement with my son's stuff. Well, she had gone into it and got out two pairs of shorts and a shirt of hers and brought them upstairs. And she said, how'd these get up here? I said, well, you obviously brought them up here. All that stuff was stored in a bag downstairs. I know she did, but she said, no, I didn't. They were on my floor. Would you have a change in my room? And this is reality to her. She, why she did this, I don't know. But I know for a fact she brought the clothes upstairs, swearing the girl dropped in there, got changed in her room. I go, so somebody changed in your room, and you didn't know anything about it. Before you took a shower, go to the bathroom, somebody came in your room without you know that you changed in your room. She said, yeah, because we're all sick. I said, isn't that a risky move? Wherever they were in the basement, the garage, they could change anywhere. But make an attempt to come in your room and change in your room. Really. To her, everything in her mind makes sense. She took those clothes, made our German Shepherd sniff them, grabbed the dog by the collar and said, no. Now, Django, you, you got the scent. You got that scent. Seek and find, and you're allowed to bite them, because if they're in our house, that's trespassing. So I just sick of it, and I said, "Well, not only is trespass, it's breaking and entering." And she said, um, "What'd you say?" So I'm like, "No, if they bite them, we can only charge them with trespassing." I said, "Really? Is that a new law?" Because she goes, "I don't care. I'm just going to charge them with trespassing, but I'm going to let my dog maul them first. So I said, "Well, you know, can I help?" No, you'll, you'll just try to help them. No, I'm all set. I can handle this on my own. She went around the house, went around the yard, but that dog. Telling him to sniff out that person with the scent that's on those clothes and get them. And, um, my God, this went on for hours. And then I started getting the blunts of it as usual. I went to drink a cup of my coffee. She had dumped the ashtray in my coffee. And I said, you know, that's a waste. This is, you know, that's a waste of coffee. It doesn't matter. It's my coffee. It's still a waste I go, this is ridiculous. I said, you know what? Maybe what I should do is leave. When you find her, you know what? I'll even do you a favor. I'll admit that I let her in. I let her on the property, and I can get charged too. That didn't matter. She said, oh, it doesn't matter. You're already getting charged anyways. You're both going to get arrested for it. I said, okay. So should I leave, and you send them to my house, or should I stay here and wait for the cops? And, of course, she goes, keep getting wise with me. She threw an object at me. So I said, you know what? I'm not doing this. I'm leaving. I said, oh, what? She can go meet her? No, you're not going anywhere. 
So she locked my clothes, my bathroom bag, and my bag I have my laptop in, and another part of the house and didn't let me have access to it. And says, so are you going to trap me here? She said, oh, no, you'll be able to leave when the cops get here. So here we go with the abuse and things getting thrown at me, degrading, having stuff dumped on me, not allowed to wash it off. I should lock the bathroom so I can't even wash off anything that's dumped on me at any time. So I just sat there. I started crying. She said, don't give me those stupid tears. I said, you know what? These stupid tears aren't for you. And she said, oh, stop being a pussy. Take it like a man. This time you're going down for good. And I'm just shaking my head. Sorry, I had to cut the audio for a second. But back to her paranoia. This went on all night. And sometimes these paranoia episodes can last days. And before anybody asks, if I bring them up in the future, whether she knows it's ridiculous and stupid and fake or not, in her mind, whether it happened or not, or she just thought it happened, it's still a reality to her. It was a real feeling, but the basis around it doesn't matter. It, it can't be brought up again, and if it does, it's an episode. So, um, there was nothing that, in my mind, that triggered this off. You know, whether I was going overboard about professing my feelings to her, and it seemed like, nah, this is too good to be true, and it triggered her, I don't know. Whether I'll get the answer for it later on, again, I don't know. Who knows? The bottom line is, it's sad. It kills me. It, it makes me mad, but at the same time, it's sad. It kills me. I said, we were having such a good year yesterday, and this is what it comes down to. So, eventually, she said, you know what? I changed my mind. Take your stuff and leave. So, I sat grabbing my stuff. And, of course, she kept saying, you know, you're sick. And then she started crying. Why do you do this to me? Here I am, getting my hopes up, thinking you love me. You turn around, you hurt me again. And I kept saying, Michelle, you know, I didn't hurt you. You know what's going to really hurt? When you realize none of this shit is true, and you made me leave, and you aren't getting the love because you made me leave because of this shit, and you're going to realize this is fucking ridiculous, stupid, you cause it yourself. Not that you cause it yourself. You could have avoided it. You could have sat there and thought about the reality. Could this really happen? You're going to realize that didn't happen. You're the one who's suffering. You. You brought this on yourself. Nothing I can do about it. I can sit here until I'm blue in the face and tell you it's stupid and prove to you how it can happen, wouldn't happen, didn't happen. And it doesn't matter. So I'm leaving. And I'm going to tell you one thing. I'm not going to wait till two or three days later when you think it's blown over. The stuff that you did to me, not just accusing and being paranoid, but dumping ashes in my coffee, and throwing things at me, dumping things on me, degrading me, refusing to let me take a shower. I mean, you know what? There's no need for it. And then, of course, she gets mad. And she's like, fine, I'll find somebody else and this and that. I said, you know what? The problem is, when you find somebody, you're still going to do this. You're not going to sit there and blame it on me that you'll, you're only acting like it's because of me. No. That's like saying, hey, I have cancer, but when I find another guy, the cancer won't be there. 
doesn't work that way. And I said, unfortunately, though, when you do find somebody, and if you do, you better hope they're not a woman beater. And if they aren't, turn them into one. Because the things you say and do to people, most people would beat the shit out of you. The degrading things you say about them, about their loved ones, I deal with it. Because I love you. So anyways, the thing that sucks about paranoia is not the things they say and do, but when you look at them, it's almost like looking at somebody you love and watching their arms getting torn off and torture and there's nothing you can do. It, it, it sucks. It really does suck. And paranoia is probably the worst part about her disorder. To see somebody that I love think and believe these things and then act upon them and watching her walk around the house looking under the cabinets and in closets looking for somebody that's not there and then getting me involved in it and accusing me and she even went to the extent of suspending my phone service and said you tell me where the bitch is I'll turn your phone back on I just shake my head and it's sad but anyways, that's this episode about paranoia. I mean, I could make this episode a million times long, longer with all the episodes of paranoia that she has had. I'm thinking that I've snuck people in through windows and hiding people out in the garage. One night she locked me out. It was thunder and lightning and pouring because she thought I had women hiding out in our garage. I've had trash dumped on me because I had my headphones on and she thought she heard somebody out the window say hello as a cue for me to let them in the house. And I even told her, I've got headphones on. You can hear me blaring heavy metal music. So if I don't hear hello, doesn't the whole plan go away? And then, again, there's a good smack. Stop being wise. I said, well, think about it. You heard it. I didn't. If I go on and on, it's actually really going to upset me. So I do have to end this episode, at least with the example of how deep paranoia can be. So with that being said, again, thank you so much for listening. And as mad as this gets me and upset, I still love with all my heart. So I'll just say, if you know somebody with BPD and you love them, Love them as much as you can because they find it so hard to even love themselves. Thank you again for listening. You've been listening to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. I hope you enjoyed the show and please check out my many other episodes. I hope you get some beneficial suggestions from my experiences. And remember, we're all responsible for our own choices. I'd like to remind you that if you have someone in your life with BPD, try to understand them and love them as much as you can because they find it so hard to be able to understand themselves and love themselves. So thank you again and have a happy life.